MIT! It's ready to talk some sports. Watch the go fast. Anybody. I want to go fast. Good night and welcome to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talent Taylor. And yes, this is actually the new Mighty Sports Minute. It's still after 10 o'clock at night on a Wednesday, October 21st. It's about 85 degrees at night. One of them days that I feel like 80. But you know what I say, regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So let's start talking. Yeah, I can 100% honestly say I have missed you guys. But... There is no coincidence on why I am talking to you seven weeks into the football season, but less than a week out of basketball season? Coincidence? Maybe. Maybe not. Actually, there is it. This was partially by design and partially not. I've been in school. I've been a busy man. Work. Overtime, school, projects, interviews, packages, and then my second job, and just all over the place. But we are about to get a weekly show back because everything is about to start all over again. Football's here. Basketball is on its way. Hockey is here. And baseball is finishing up. So if we going to talk about baseball, and I don't even talk baseball anymore because I barely watch baseball. I listen more about baseball more than I watch. But you know I've been watching. You know why? Because I'm a New Yorker. Like, doing through. So, you know what? These Mets. I, I told my grandfather... Somewhere right around that Cespedes trade. I think it was Cespedes they got. Whoever the dude they got right around the middle of the season when they finally made that mid-season trade. That, you know what, Gramps? Like, not for nothing. I don't want to jinx it, but I think the Mets could win. Like, they, they already had pitching that was dangerous. Just flat out dangerous. And now they can actually... Put wood to balls. And open space and get on base. Yeah, listen. I'm a Yankees fan, so let's not get it twisted. So, me rooting for the Mets is simply for one thing and one thing only. I rep my city. And you know what? And that's what. And I've been listening, I've been hearing. Don't think that I have it. I've heard. The Mets fans, I've even seen a couple of them talk about, hey, Yankees fans, like, pump your brakes. Like, we don't want, no, 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 You pump your brake, Mets fan that don't know how to win with class. This is what we do. We win. But more than anything else, before my fandom, before anything, you know, before I am a soldier, I am a New Yorker, and I support Anything that brings a positive note to my city, my borough, or my state. So when I say go Mets, oh yeah, I mean it. 
And I don't care what nobody else say. Go Mets. Because I'm looking at this pitching they have. And baseball, <laughs> baseball is one of those sports. And I don't even know how I even watch nowadays. But I can only really watch right. And I was I was talking to one of my homegirls about this because she's a sports She's a sports fan. I don't, I can't call her fanatic or a sports nut, but she's a sports fan. More basketball than football, and baseball takes a backseat to even cricket. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you share yadi. But, man, that shoe's Jamaican. Share yadi. You know, you guys will, will understand this eventually. And so we're talking, and... I and I'm going through my routine. This is finally the last ten games of the season. I I can't even remember what game we were watching, and I put on the game, and it's in the background. Like it's it's in the background doing its thing as we do our thing, you know. And when I say doing our thing, like we we connect on all kinds of levels, you know, spiritual, mentally, all kinds all kinds of levels. Like we are two artistic beings, artistic be <laughs> beings, and we vibe. You know, on ways that most people don't generally vibe at, vibe on, you know. So, all of a sudden, you know, it's been some time. She was here. She's like, "Yo, um, this game is taking forever. Why is this taking so long?" I was like, "Um, you do realize that we're at the bottom of the eighth. We've still only watched one inning." <coughs> Pardon me. We started cracking up immediately to realize that there was a soccer game, well, not a soccer game, but a baseball game that was taking that long that we complete that we was on in the background. We got completely lost to what we were doing, came back to reality, and realized that hey, this game is still on, and. It isn't going off anytime soon. And the game was interesting. The game was interesting at the time. Because like even as I'm explaining this to her, and I'm, I'm telling her that, that how I watch baseball now, is that where I told her that we got spoiled from, you know, the Mark McGuire and the Sosa and the Bonds days where Cass was just hitting home runs out the park every two seconds. Like, you guys were, these guys were... With steroid users, like if you really pay attention to like when you first first started, started really loving baseball, it wasn't about the guys that was knocking out of the park. It was the guys that was making people hit, you know, swing and miss. And that's what we've gotten back to now in baseball. It's who's getting that ball by the guy versus who's making that ball fly out of the stadium. So and then she goes to me, so I got to lower my standard. I was like, no, 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 no. You're not lowering your standard. You're switching your standard up. And don't know how I got there to get back here. But with all that said, watch enough baseball at the end to know and follow enough. Because if I don't do anything else, I follow what the Yankees and the Mets do. And it, and it was weird because I'm, once again, discussing this, how it was just really weird how the Mets and the Yankees both took this ultimate turn for the worse and for the better. It was like they were on two complete different axes going in two complete different directions. And <laughs> they met up in the middle at the, around the middle of the season and they continued in two separate paths. It, it, was, it was the most incredible thing in the world I've seen because the Yankees helped maintain 
basically first place for um, for half to almost two thirds of a season, while the Mets barely even made the playoffs for just about as long for half the you know were barely even relevant in the playoffs or you know were always sniffing at that wild card spot. You know, but they were always under, always under, under, under. They, they, they were five games behind, eight games behind, trying, trying to reach for it, while the Yankees were eight games ahead. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about all-star game hit. We hit the middle of the season, and both of these, you know, a trade happens for one team. Nothing happens for the other team. Injuries catch up for the Yankees, you know, and the Mets, the Mets get confident in their pitching and their... And they're hidden, and not only that, rumor goes out that a dude is supposed to get traded, and he boohoo's on the field, comes out the next day, and since then, and realizes how hard he needs to. Well, let's back up. <laughs> he comes out the next game and starts smacking home runs. Stop. stop. He was struggling before then. Like there was a reason his name was in his, his name was was part of trade rumors. Whew. What a turnaround that this baseball season has had for two teams in one city, where the team that's used to winning falters at the end and just completely crumbles. Doesn't make it in into the playoffs, even though they made it to the play in. And. They're sitting at home watching while the team that isn't used to winning, you know, stops being mediocre. They start thriving. They grab a hold of their playoff spot. And then next thing you know, their pitching is so lights out that every time you hear their game, it's a swing and a miss. Which means if you blink, you've missed. Yeah, the Mets are going to win it all. And I'm going to be there supporting them. Because anything that brings light to my city, my state, or my borough of origin, yeah, I'm going to root for. And talking about people that I, I'm rooting for. I've 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 been posting these memes lately, question or even some questions out there, and I've been trying to wonder that if at any point in time that it's time for us to really stop talking less, Colin Kaepernick, and probably start getting into a little bit more Cam Newton. Yeah, this is my. Less cap versus more cam. You know what I'm because you know what I'm gonna realize? We really aren't giving Cam Newton as much credit as he probably deserves. And I he more than any other time I, I would say what started piquing my interest in Cam Newton more than anything was probably last year. It was last year more than anything else. And last year was one of those really weird years. And before I even go into last year, let, let, let's talk about Cam. Cam the dude. Cam the person. Or Cam Newton the persona that, as people see him. Because like I said, I, I've been posing this question for a while. And 
what I've always gotten or what I what I continue to get is that every time I talked about about Cam Newton, people was like, Oh, he's cocky. Oh, he's he's a little braggadocious. Oh, he's full of himself. And they never said anything negative about his play on the field. It was about his perceived attitude. And then I so I challenged them. I was like, when? Because not for nothing, I've I've listened to Cam Newton's interviews since he's came into the league. For those very same reasons, mind you. So listen so I'm I'm not gonna put it past myself that when Cam Newton came into the league, I didn't think that he was a little too boisterous, he's a little too cocky, that he was a little too full of himself. Like I thought he came into the league that way. And and, and something that I that I think I think I do for a while is that I give people the necessary time to, to screw up. You know, that's or the necessary time to fall on their face. Cam Newton's in his fifth year. I've been waiting five years for him to say the wrong thing. He has not said the wrong thing yet. Because every time I hear Cam Newton talk, Cam Newton talks about when he loses, that how he needs to get better. He's never thrown it. He, and I can't say he's never because I think he did it slightly as a rookie and he quickly learned from his mistakes. But he usually talks about how he needs to get better, how he needs to improve, how he, you know, how he needs to make sure he gets people. It's on him when he loses. It's on him because if he doesn't do better, then the team can't do better. And when he wins, it's Greg Olson, it's Kelvin Benjamin, it's the offensive line, it's Steve Smith, it's the running game, it's special teams, it's the team this and the team that. So, when it really came out, and I said, and I said this, I was like. His interviews is team, 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 team. When they win, and I gotta do better, I gotta improve. When they lose, so what are you really talking about? It's like his play? Oh no, no, yeah, all day long. Cam Newton's play says I'm cocky. Oh, I'm braggadocious. Oh, I think my ish don't stink. Holla back, hallelujah, big papa pump. Is here to pump you up. <laughs> like, that's who, that's what his play says. But you can't, you can't knock raw emotion, one. And you can't knock also somebody's cockiness when they're, they're being successful. Like, Cam Newton isn't flying off the page with numbers this or... Oh, or just overall, but I'm sorry. In a division that whatever you want to say about it, Cam Newton found a way to take a hold of it. But that wasn't that. You know what? That wasn't like that. Didn't impress me. So so let, let me back. I'm not gonna make it sound like a seven and nine record or nine and seven record or whatever the heck they had eight and eight. I think it was seven and nine record impressed me. What impressed me was the fact that. In the midst of him losing his number one future Hall of Famer wide receiver, he still found a way to work himself through the process of getting better and working through games. And then all of a sudden, he turns a rookie wide receiver into a thousand yard plus receiver almost a double digit touchdown 
receiver. And mind you, this is a receiver that basically did nothing. When I say nothing, I mean, if you compare, and, and you know what? This is, this is just what happens when you don't think things all the way through. And probably because I sidetrack a lot, but who cares? Look at his numbers through the first half of the season. Kelvin Benjamin. And then look at his numbers through the second half of the season. And look at the change. It, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's completely, absolutely ridiculous. And that's what you can't take. Because if Kelvin Benjamin could have given you a full season... Most people were projecting him to be 12, 13, 1400 yards, you know, receiving yards, double digit, 12, 13, 14 touchdowns. We're talking about, we're talking about a guy that they, they were looking at to probably average a touchdown a game. They, and he loses him, his number one receiver again. This year. Because see. He still didn't impress me last year when he lost Steve Smith. And he was just. And when I say he was finding ways to stay afloat. Listen. You can say find ways to stay afloat. You can say find ways to, to continue to do better than your opponent. Or your opponents. Your direct opponents. Your direct rivals. You know the people in your division. The people that matter the most. The people that if you get above them. Then you know. That you have a shot at the chip. A shot. How big of a shot? Hmm, who knows. But they have a shot. And Cam gave him that shot last year. Then he comes into this year. Right? Like I said, last year he loses his Hall of Famer wide receiver. This year he loses his rookie sensation. And now he gets some other 6'3 guy named Sneed. I think it's Sneed or whatever he is. Sneed ends up being nothing, absolutely nobody, a complete bust. He is nothing like Calvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. So you know who shows up? Greg Olson. Is it Greg Olson? What is his name? Ah, oh, it's gonna bug me. You know, but he shows up. They're tight end. Carolina. And they start off with this 5-0 winning streak that even has them walking over the team that was in the Super Bowl. Now, granted, the team that was in the Super Bowl is struggling at 2-4, and four, but they still did it. So yeah, Cam is 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 definitely impressing me with with what he's doing, because the only weapon that he has is his defense and Greg Olson. And I don't know if you guys are like me, or if anybody else is like me, but I was really excited after seeing how they finished last year. Carolina, that is. To see how they finished last year. To see how they were going to do this year when they had a healthy Kelvin Benjamin. When they drafted that other six foot three wide receiver that was going to benefit from a guy like Kelvin Benjamin being there along with Greg Olsen. So, 
So, he, we didn't even get a chance to sniff that. And we are just about halfway through the season. And Carolina hasn't lost. Cam Newton is impressing me. Because Colin Kaepernick is going in the complete opposite direction. And he is braggadocious. He is cocky. Like he talks cocky. He says braggadocious things. He's like, yo, you mad, bro, about my hat? Yeah, we mad. How about your hat? <laughs> so his team is struggling. Carolina's team is, is improving. And Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Jets may be on the best team that he has ever been on? You know, I, I, I don't even want to touch that yet. I, I told y'all a couple of shows ago that I, I thought that, and I may look foolish for it, but I still have a lot of time. Because they haven't played a lot of division games. And this was even before we knew if Tom Brady was going to be suspended for the season. It was really only going to affect one division game. And I think that was the game against Buffalo maybe in the first four games. So I've been a prediction that I thought that. And my prediction is based off how I thought the defenses were going to perform. More than anything else when it came to the AFC East. That they were going to finish 2-4 and four in the division. Well, guess what? Coming up next, New England got to play the Jets, and I got the Jets winning. Cause this is part of that two to that two and four. Because if New England is going to start taking losses in the division, it's going to have to start somewhere. And what of a better place for it to start than with the New York Jets? Cause you know, what? for the first time, for the very first time, for the very first time, for the very first time, in this whole entire year. I'm going to say Dolphins were motivated. They were motivated, and they came out, and they played that way. They were playing against Tennessee, and Marcus Mariota, knee injury, their center goes out. They have a, they have rookies all over, all over that offensive line. So, yeah, this was a eat, sleep, conquer, repeat kind of routine they were going through but these even these are the kind of performances that you need to boost your morale because even though Tennessee made it easy for you you still get motivated by the fact that you are capable of getting it done so yeah what's what's his name Campbell, Dan Campbell, he has those boys motivated. And motivation goes a long way because, listen, it doesn't matter whether you're a football team, whether you're a soldier, or you're an IT company, let's say like Citrix or a medical, comp medical billing company like Pediatrics Medical, you are consistently concerned and worried about your employees' morale. Because morale equals production. This is something they have taught in HR for human resources. Yes. 
human resource man or HRM, HR, human resource management from the very beginning or for a while, for decades. Oh, I can't say it was from the very beginning because I don't know what the beginning was. But this is common sense in, in human resources management talk. Employee morale equals employee production, which equals profit. So you translate that to the football field and you get motivated football players that are going to lead to more victories that are going to lead to, you know, I'm sorry, going to lead to better play that leads to more victories. So motivated players lead to better play that leads to more, more victories. And then if Dan Campbell keeps winning with the way that he's coaching, then those victories are going to translate into bigger paydays for him because as we know that there's nothing more that Miami fans love to do it is to hop on a bandwagon. So when you ain't winning, trust me, Miami fans are going to come and do anything for you. But, but South Florida, what do you expect? Like, we got shit to do. Sorry. <laughs> there's other things that we can do with our time than come watch a struggling team. Because me as a football fan, I'll come watch an exhilarating Dolphins game. If I don't think it's going to be worth my while, I'll never come until this, unless they're playing my Jets. And yes, I am completely upset that they have moved that game because if you guys don't know, I am located now in South Florida. So, yes, I am the New Yorker and the New York fan, the Knicks fan, the Yankees fan, the Jets fan that is located in the heart of South Florida. Listen, not only do I just live 35 minutes away from the stadium, guess what? My second job is five minutes away from the stadium. That's Multiverse Games. Play more, save more. They beat GameStop when it comes to their trading, and they beat GameStop when it comes to their average pricing. And they have current games, and they have retro games. They have any kind of games that you like. Multiverse games. Play more, save more. I'm telling you. <laughs> you can't beat it. You really can't beat it. <sighs> so, yeah. Dolphins win. or start winning. or continue to play in this motivated fashion. There's going to be a buzz down here that I may not even be prepared for. But you know what? I'm not really, I'm not really too worried. Because I think my team is going to do well. And I, you know, this is bad. And I, I, I'm kind of upset, just, just slightly, that they took that Dolphins and Jets game away from South Florida. Now... I'm not too upset this year for for one very selfish, non-selfish reason. One of my best friends, right? Basically, this dude is like a brother to me. It's his, it's his 40th birthday. That, that's, it's coming up probably by the time most people hear this podcast, right? Which is in the next, 12, two, the next hour and a half, right? And... For his 40th birthday, he decided to go to Europe, right? Now, based on the fact that his birthday is October 22nd, there was a couple of, there was a bunch of things he was able to do to incorporate for his birthday. First is a trip to Europe, and he went all over Europe. We're talking about Spain, Barcelona, I don't know about Barcelona, but Barcelona, he, France, Berlin, you know, he went to the Oktoberfest, he went to Amsterdam, and while there, because they had the Jets and Dolphins game over there, he's a he's a Dolphins fan, or Dolphins are his AFC team because he's a Cowboys fan. Even though he's from New York, I don't know why his team isn't the New York Jets, but because he's been poisoned by the Floridian way and he decides to act 
in these treacherous manners that makes him betray his home state. But we're not going to go there. That's my Yamano. <laughs> but, yeah, so he gets to watch the Dolphins and Jets play over there. On top of go to Oktoberfest, on top of Excel, you know, for his birthday. So I'm not, I'm not really that too, that upset about this year, but this is something that becomes constant for multiple years. I'm gonna be upset because there was nothing more than I that I enjoyed doing more that I enjoyed doing than going to the Dolphins Jets game down here, and for the last now four years, watch my Jets come away with a victory on what is considered Miami. Home court turf field and come away with a W. And I run down that ramp like a jet, arms out, all the way through traffic. And yeah, I have nosebleed section seats. So I'm coming all the way from the 400 section all the way down to the bottom. And you see that jet flying high. Cause I remind them every single time, regardless of what you do, regardless of what you say, before you start any game, you still need a jet to bless your field. Don't you ever forget that. That's what we do. And I'm excited about my Jets this year. I'm highly excited about my Jets this year. And I teased you and I asked. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm still going to ask. Because, you know, certain things should invoke further thought in your head, you know, or, or, or certain questions. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been nothing known but this, this this mediocre quarterback. Just completely, 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 completely mediocre quarterback. Can't get the job done here, can't get the job done there. Bad here, bad there, but has a brilliant mind. And as we all know, he can play the game physically, has one of the best speeds coming out there, and he went to an Ivy League kind of school, so we all know... That for what a quarterback takes, he has it all. At least that's what I started thinking. Like that's I'm really even looking because you know he's coming from Buffalo, and I have Buffalo, and, I, and one of my one of my other brothers is a Buffalo fan, all right? One of me Amanos, and when if I when I say Iman, or you know me me Amano versus my brother, I mean it's it's a it's a water bond versus a blood bond, you know. So. You know, one of me Amanos is a Dolphins fan, and I'm look and they make their slight comments. Oh, good luck with Fitzpatrick. You know, you know, just remember this down the third, and not for nothing. It's not really hate. It's just from what you remember him doing for you. Like I remember when I heard of Stoudemire going to the Heat, my reaction was was almost similar. I was like, oh, pff, good luck with that dude. Like, hopefully he can stay healthy. But that was the animosity for him not holding up at the end of that season and then also him going to my arch rival you know so i can i, I can see where, where i can see where some of those comments were stemmed from but end of the day it still made me made me look and, and i and and i wondered is this not the Best team that Ryan Fitzpatrick has managed, been on quarterback led, whatever verbiage you you want to use to describe it. Is this not the best team that he's had? Period. And with that said, 
when Ryan Fitzpatrick or your quarterback position is the only question mark in the division, why would the Jets rank so damn low? Granted, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And they do what they do without weapons. And that's what the great ones do. The great quarterbacks don't need weapons to be great. That's why they're great. But the average quarterbacks need great weapons to be good. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, for an average quarterback, has never had this plethora of weapons. Like, think about it. Who do you know is better than Brandon Marshall at the, at the wide receiver position in that division? Exactly. Like, you're thinking, and you're thinking hard. And you, and you want to throw in names like Sammy Watkins, but Sammy Watkins can't stay on the field enough to be able to prove your debate. And you're thinking about guys like Julius Edelman, but Julius Edelman is made more by his quarterback more than he is making his quarterback. See? See? Follow me here. Even Eric Decker. Eric Decker... Because of his solid play, and I'm not, I'm not gonna reach, I'm not gonna reach far for Eric Decker, because while I think Brandon Marshall is the best wide receiver in the division, Eric Decker can easily fall to the top five, but that's still saying that out of all of them, I still think that that the Jets have the two best averaged. Because Eric Decker just runs good routes and makes himself available. He's a big target. You know, he, he takes his pretty ass and he does shit with, with it. Then, there were all those running backs that we had. So let's not forget that while we have Alal Powell and we have Chris Ivory gobbling up yards after yards after yards. There's still a boy on that bench that has something to prove named Zach Stacy. Give it Zach Stacy. So I wondered who had a better overall running attack than the Jets. Now, granted, New England is New England, and they have Tom Brady. And a great quarterback is usually only one away from, one thing away from winning it all, and that's a good, not even great, but a really good wide receiver. You know, or, or a good quarterback is usually only one other piece away, a good running game away. A good defense, away. A good wide receiver, away. A good tight end, away. From winning it all. Because a good quarterback usually only needs one additional weapon. While if you have a mediocre quarterback, you need to surround him with a plethora of weapons. Now we... So... 
we talk about defense. Okay. The Dolphins have Indomitian Sue. Huge pickup. Can't front. Makes Wake a monster. Complete man eater. It's two guys. But they got that dude in the backfield. The cornerback. He's a beast. But it's one cornerback. Safeties, eh. Other cornerback, eh. Middle linebackers, eh. So. Okay. They had a... The Dolphins also had what was considered the second best quarterback in our division. I don't know if that still stands. <laughs> it, 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 that's, 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 see? So let's not, let's, not even, let's not even bring him down back to earth yet. He had the second... They, the Miami Dolphins had the second best quarterback in the division. Ryan Tannehill, every year showing a little bit of growth, getting better, more yardage, more touchdowns, less interceptions. Okay. Quarterback rating going up, being in a, in a decent, respectable level to make him move up a tier from where he was last year. Whatever that's from, 4-3, to 3-2, three, three to he moved up a tier. Dolphins got the defensive genius in Rex, sexy Rexy Ryan. He had four defensive linemen in the top 100 players. Plus a Sammy Watkins. And they picked up a burner in Percy Harvin's versatile Athlete, Percy Harvins. And this monster of an athlete of a dude. In preseason, mind you. We're learning about this game, Tyrod Taylor. But before then, you know, there was, a, there was an open quarterback challenge. So they were still looking. We didn't know what Tyrod Taylor was really going to give us then. And even as I say all that, I can't say anything good about the safeties of the Bills or the corners of the Bills or the rest of their defense outside of their defensive linemen. But offense looking great for the most part. Sammy Watkins, Percy Harvin. Sean McCoy working on the quarterback. That's it being Tyrod Taylor. Boom. Monstrous, monstrous, monstrous. And yet, and yet, I'm saying all this and I'm still wondering how did the Jets fall so far down? Because when the Jets only had Darrell Revis. I can't remember if they had if they had Cromati during one of these. Because I remember going through him for one of these when we when we played San Diego. The two years that they made it to the to the AFC 
that it was a game from the AFC Championship game or whatever. Yeah, AFC Championship game. When they were right there. So I don't remember if Cromartie was on the second one, but I know he definitely wasn't on that first one because we had to go through him during, during, during one of those. But Cromartie and Revis, two known shutdown corners, and we had less when we we had less when we went with Mark Sanchez. Complete game manager that had no clue about the game. Versus a game manager that comes from an Ivy League. Had a great 40 time when it came to running. Was, was sneaky fast. Kind of like how Andrew Luck is kind of sneaky fast. Not comparing him to Andrew Luck. But how kind of like Andrew Luck kind of sneaky fast. But nobody talks about Andrew Luck as a runner. They always want to talk about the RG3s and the Cam Newtons and the Russell Wilsons. Fair enough. Stereotype your runners. Cool. You need to stop. But cool. Whatever. And, like I said, part of this is my fandom of the Jets. But it's my fandom that 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 made me seek knowledge. Because I didn't want to just say this about my Jets. And there'd be all kinds of holes in there. So, it forces you to look for these other teams. And it really forces me to look for these other teams and find, okay, the Jets can't be as sneaky good in my head as I think they are because if they were somebody else out there would have had noticed it so maybe this is my bad for not saying this earlier like I said we are seven games into the season and if I can't even find the paper that I wrote down who I thought each division winner was going to be then not going to lie to you so we're not going to go division winners yet Well, the Jets have a, the Jets, the Jets have possibility, and when I say that they have possibility, I'm talking about great, great possibility. To, cause that the the dethrone the Patriots. There you go. Yes, I definitely said it because I think. The Patriots still go two and four. For as much as they're motivated for us, as highly highly regarded as they are this season, I still think they go two and four within the division. And this game on Sunday is gonna be the first game towards that. So if the Jets can't beat them here, they can't beat them anywhere. Like you need to prove a point. Like the season is going the way that the season should be going for a reason. Dolphins had no motivation. Now they get motivated. They get motivated by a raw, raw guy. I'm gonna tell you something. For, I'm gonna tell you something about a raw, raw guy. Raw, raw guys eventually are gonna are gonna wear out their fizzle. Look at Rex Ryan. Look at the Jets. Two AFC Championship games, and then after that, bloop, 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 bloop. Couldn't tread water. Couldn't stay above float. Eight and eight, and then worse. And then look what is happening to the Bills. That raw, raw stuff. Got you some motivation. Got some guys to rah rah themselves up. They can't when they can't maintain. Learn how to maintain, and continu- continuously draw that same level of adrenaline to play that way. Then guess what? All that rah rah goes nowhere. And now you're looking at your roller coaster season again. When we take that same defense, that same intensity, and we put a guy that doesn't want to talk like Bill Belichick. 
We have him in there holding people accountable. Making Brandon Marshall work. Brandon Marshall's been one of my favorite wide receivers ever, ever since he came out. I said he was crazy. He didn't say he was crazy, but he said it was bipolar. Completely earned my respect when he said when he did that. Because I know a bunch of dudes that could go on that can use his help. Because they're bipolar dudes. Their bipolarism is womanish. Eric Decker. Hey, what can I say? Didn't they call him LLD? Ladies love Eric Decker. L L E D. <laughs> Ladies love Eric Decker. They do. Chris Ivy's a monster. Darrell Revis, Cromati, they're doing their thing. Cromati's still gonna get burnt because he doesn't know how to jam his minute. He doesn't know how to jam his his receivers at the line. He gets a little lazy and lackadaisical. We got backups, safeties, corners. It's gonna be scary. Like I said, the biggest test more than anything else. Cause we gave one up to Philly. Cause Philly keeps being surprisingly good, and nobody keeps. And we gonna break down. We gonna break down these games a little bit later. Man, <laughs> I want to talk about Philly so bad. Could have just shouldn't have given up that game, but Philly has snuck up on almost every single person they've played. <sighs> the Jets could win this game against the Patriots this weekend. They can they could they could take their stronghold of the division and they could run away and they could continue to improve and run away with this division. If they stay focused and stay motivated, they have way too many rotational players that are elite level athletes to not be able to continue with the way they're going right now. Five and one, five and one, and what I'm saying is five and one. 10 and 2, 15 and, yeah, because I can go 15 and whatever. So, f 14 and 2, 13 and 3, at worst. But we got to keep going through these every week. Because if they do take two more losses, the only thing they take it to the Patriots. That's if. They take two more losses. I don't see that happening. Not to the Patriots, at least. But I do see them taking at least two more losses this season. You know, and you know, so let's so let's talk let's talk about these wins and losses because this is about time where I want to talk about the mighty football pool picks. So. If you follow my fantasy, you know, not my fantasy, but if you follow my sports page, the Mighty Sports on Facebook, Mighty Sports Minute on SoundCloud, Mighty Sports on Twitter, then you know, or you may know, you may not know, that I produce fantasy football pool every single week on, on my on my on my pool on my fantasy on my football picks i should say i shouldn't say, right and i call them my the mighty fantasy i'm oh, sorry the mighty football pool picks of the week 
Because, you know what, I'm not playing the football pool anymore. But I'll contribute. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the picks that I had. And if it helps you, it helps. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Game number one, we're talking about Seattle, we're talking about Seattle versus the 49ers. Thursday night game. This is going to go back to what I said earlier. Like, we need to stop talking more Kaepernick and more Cam Newton. And I just don't believe that Kaepernick is providing the spark for his team anymore. I don't think his team believes in him. I don't think he. I don't think he's able to execute the plays that is necessary to make his team win. I, right, you know they they've paid him over a hundred million dollars, and I'm pretty sure in two years, if not at the end of this year, they're gonna be looking to renegotiate or cut him. And I'm looking at Seattle, a team that's struggling. What better way to build a little bit more momentum? If you if this is a momentum kind of game. And versus a game versus your rival where, you know, everybody ears are pinned up. You have everybody's attention and their alertness. And you go in there and you expose the 49ers and Colin Kaepernick for the mediocre bunch of talent that they have been this year since half of their team retired. Seahawks over the 49ers. Now, Bills versus Jacksonville is strictly because I don't think that Jacksonville can can put together <laughs> wins on a consistent basis. And like I said, there's one thing that we know about Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan knows how to motivate his team. And there's something more than he knows how to motivate his team after and there's a loss of four when they shouldn't have lost. They go into Jacksonville and they completely crush him. They run all over them, and those four defensive linemen that were in the, that were voted to the top 100 are going to show you why they were voted to the top 100, and the Bills are going to take out Jacksonville. This St. Louis versus Cleveland game was tougher to gauge than I actually thought initially, even as I very quickly circled my answer. Um... One hand, we have St. Louis with this great defense. But their offense struggles to build yards in a way that is almost anemic. And and they're not the only team that is, that is afraid of producing offensive yards. But when you have guys like Austin and a couple other speedsters on your team that can take the roof off, run some good routes, and a defense that can match it, at some point in time, even with, and with a good running game, you need to put things together. And then there's Cleveland. And Johnny Manziel makes news again after you, you know, like, you know what? I was actually going to reserve this reward for the Major League Baseball pitchers, but I think I'm going to give it to Johnny Manziel. 
Johnny Manziel is the recipient of the Week 7 Richard Cranium Award. I repeat, Johnny Manziel is a recipient of the Week 7 Richard Cranium Award. I mean, really, Mr. Moneybags? How stupid can you be? See, this one, you know that he doesn't care about football. Like, like I'm just going to say, Johnny Manziel doesn't care about football. Johnny Manziel that he cares about being a football star? No, he has money. His family has money. His daddy has money. His mama has money. He has money. He doesn't need a football. He doesn't care about football. Football was a side gig for him to see if he can do it. And he made it onto an NFL team. And he started on an NFL roster. And he threw for an NFL touchdown. And Johnny Manziel could care less about what he does after that. Because he barely cared about what he did before then. How do you go from a, from a guy that was that was supposed to be talked as a number one pick? Right? To a guy that barely understands the offense in his rookie season. And barely gets onto the playing field. And then when you finally do get... And then before you can get... Start a game on your second season. You have to check yourself into rehab because you just have way too many alcohol-related incidences. And so so you can be a man, you have to go to rehab. Great. But then you finally start a couple of games a season. And you do and you do and you do good. You do you do good to the point that when the, the person that you took over the job for was supposed to come back, there were legitimate questions if people should give you a chance to show what you got. And what do you do when you don't get a chance to, for the, to start for the Cleveland Browns? Johnny Manziel shows us what he has. Another domestic or public violent issue that has a root around alcohol. Listen, you can say it how many other ways you want to say it. You could try to dumb it down however you want to dumb it down. But it is, once again, an issue that revolves a confrontation or violence that also involves alcohol. Johnny Manziel doesn't care about football. Johnny Manziel is okay being not only the Richard Cranium Award recipient, but he is perfectly okay being the Alex Moran, Blue Mountain State backup quarterback for his team. Somebody he can just go and get glory with while he does absolutely nothing. Kind of like what Michael Vick was doing with Pittsburgh before <laughs> Big Ben went down. And even with that said, Cleveland has a good defense. Cleveland has a decent running game. Decent running game. They're trying to piece things together. Still trying to figure out what's going on on that cornerback position. They're wide receivers all over the place. They don't know what they're going to do there. And I think St. Louis is going to hold on. St. Louis holds on. They win that game because their defense is better. And they got guys like like Travis Austin, I believe his name is. And they have a, they have a running game that's developing. And more than anything, they have four guys that they traded away, <laughs> that they traded for just to give up RG3 that is now sitting on his bench with the screw face. And as far as Washington goes, I think that screw face and that sideline scowl takes them 
for a victory over Tampa Bay. I don't even know. And that's one of them. I don't. Even, I don't even know why. I can't say why. I don't know why. I don't care why. It, it's 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 almost as simple as. I don't know if Tampa Bay or whatever his name is now, because he's that irrelevant. Can't do anything this year. And I don't know if they're gonna be able to do anything this year. So. Keep your Mike Evans. Keep your Vincent Jackson. Until you learn how to get these guys the ball on a consistent basis. Keep them. You know, you got dudes on your offensive line or defensive line, big old cheerful guys that I know I've seen on the NFL Top 100 all the, all the time talking about how great they are, laughing, hot, chuckling, clock, 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 clock. He ain't getting the job done for you either. Lovey Smith ain't getting the job done for you either. So you, Wilson, Winston, Jameis Winston, famous Jameis Winston, ha. <laughs> With your elongated baseball pitch, don't you know that's what got Tim Tebow booted out this league too? I don't have faith that his newborn wet behind the ear Similek on his breath behind is going to be able to pull it off against yeah, Washington. Washington ton tin ton to tin ton ton <laughs> this may not have enough for it and it's okay because Washington is one of those teams that are kind of sneaky good and when you're sneaky good you could be the team like Tampa Bay Miami versus Houston it's only I'm only giving Miami the edge because of the fact that of the well, because they have this new found motivation. This you may need to be mean to be wary of as I pick Miami to beat Houston, but Houston has one of those weird kind of teams that can beat Miami at the things that Miami do well even aggressively because they have that man, JJ. Man, what? <laughs> and if he's following around, you're running back. You're running, you know, you're running back Millers and getting the necessary yards that you think he's gonna get, like he did last season, last year. Sorry, last week. Then you leave yourself to this passing game that I just, I just don't know. But the same way that Houston can be disruptive. To Miami is the same defensively, right? The same way that Miami can defensively be disruptive to Houston, and that's the kicker. That's the equal. That's the ultimate equalizer there, and and that's why Miami gets that slight edge because why both defensive can be equally disruptive. <sighs> Miami's Offense is just slightly more hungrier, motivated, encouraged, whatever you want to call it. You know, Campbelled up. You know, big chunky Campbell, man Campbelled win. But 
when it comes to motivation, if you can't get motivation behind a guy like J.J. Watt, then why are you really on that team? So, I said, that, that game could easily be, could easily go either one, either or. I'm just looking for Miami to hold down their home field advantage. Man up, get motivated, beat Houston. In the end, they used to do the same thing with New Orleans. And I, and, I, and I assume that they will because New Orleans has this weird struggle thing they're going on with. And so does Indy have this weird struggle thing that they're going on with. And that's a game I probably would like. I probably would love to choose on a Saturday versus a Wednesday. Because if Indiana is still searching for wide receivers and quarterbacks and running backs, then this can easily be a team with a healthy Drew Brees that New Orleans walks away from with unscathed, dealing all kinds of lethal blows to Indy in their season. <laughs> Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. I'm taking Pittsburgh over Kansas City. Kansas City can't generate enough offense. I know that Pittsburgh's defense kind of struggles all over the place. Martavis, Bryant, and... Who's this other wide receiver's name? That's slipping my mind. But... You have Bell as you're running back in. He is... Puts up numbers as a top three, top five, top two, top one running back at times. It's kind of hard to go against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's weapons just are just too plentiful, and Kansas City still fi- finds it finds it feasible that they can still put up forty passing yards in a damn game. <sighs> that's a fan. That's the fantasy in me talking. I've already told you that I think the New York Jets can be the Patriots. It's going to take defense. It's going to take when they spread us out and they're going three, four wide receivers that we're able to take away everything that they have and still cover the inside for the running game and still be able to get to the quarterback. It's going to be a lot of continuous, continuous, continuous motion, continuous motion, continuous attack, continuous pursuit. Because the moment that you ease up and think that you can give him a moment to breathe, he's blowing your house down. Patriots could win this game. Should they win this game? Nah. Do I want them to win this game? Nah. Do I believe they're going to win this game? Nah. I believe this is a Jets game. This is a Jets victory. And they both get to sit there 5-1, and one, looking at each other, bloodied up, bruised, unable to move, 10 feet away from each other. Look at the stain. Saying that as soon as I get back healthy, I'm coming to kick your ass. But that's not going to happen for some while. And before that can happen, Arizona's going to completely walk over Tennessee because Tennessee is going to have those same issues, and Arizona's offense has just been clicking. <laughs> For the most part, I think I just boomed a while ago. Ah! It's gonna. 
yeah, I don't, I don't so trust Tennessee right now. Tennessee started off kind of hot, a little undefeated. Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota, 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 Super Mario. <laughs> you know, Mariota looking decent coming out. He just, we just couldn't find a speed that he can maintain, and he's also injured, and that's also dampering and hampering all, all kinds of his all kinds of mobility for him and the way that he seals the field and also processes information else gets the ball down that field. We're going to see what happens. But Tennessee is definitely the underdog in that one. As Arizona has just been clicking. Fitzpatrick, Floyd, running backs, wide receivers, third string wide receivers, defense, and quarterbacks. Awesome Palmers look awesome. And NFC as a whole, mainly specifically, Green Bay. Watch out. Because I think that Arizona is going to be that team that they see that they're gonna have to beat. Yeah. I said that. I have Oakland falling. To San Diego. I don't see Philip Philip Rivers losing two weeks in a row. Oakland's gonna come off a bye. They may start off a little bit sluggish. And that is gonna be their complete undoing. They can't come out sluggish. They can't come out overlooking anything. They can't I'll put anything past the San Diego Superchargers. San Diego Superchargers. <laughs> you, you can't. Because they're coming off a game where Phillip Rivers threw for over 500 yards, didn't have a reception. And because he didn't get that ball out of his hand in time enough to Danny Woodhead, they lost the game on the goal line. So if Oakland comes out there sluggish in any way, shape, or form... They're going to see themselves down by 24 very quickly, very early, very in that first half. I got Dallas over Giants. I, I don't know what's going on with that division. I don't know who's where, who's what, who's taking over this, who's who's the starting quarterback, who's the starting wide receiver, who's the starting running back, who starts on defense. I got people injured here. I got people injured there. I got people. I got old people injured. I got young people injured. There's just a plethora of injuries that are going through that division. I am just gonna say based on what I've seen, and who is currently just finding ways to eke out victories every single week. Dallas. Sorry, did I say Dallas? Giants. <laughs> Let's say the Giants are just gonna go ahead and take this one from from Dallas. Like this division is gonna beat themselves up, and if you're gonna beat yourselves up, then kudos to you, my friend. Do it because nobody cares. Whoever comes out of it, I think most people feel like they're gonna fall pretty early. And I've already told you about this boy, Mister Superman himself, taking off the blazer, loosening up the tie, step inside the booth. Cam Newton is alive, and so will Carolina as they improve this record of theirs. Philly has undoubtedly snuck up on almost everybody, but it's not a sneak up way that says, hey, they're running away with it. Just a sneak up way to say that, hey, we got to continue to stay relevant as teams like the Giants and the Cowboys still trying to find their way as we're battling for this number one spot with a 3-3 three and three record. It's cool. They'll have time to work. They'll get better. 
for Carolina. Cam Newton. Great goals, and they found something that is working. And they're getting through to each other. They're playing for each other, and they're getting victories. And they'll continue. And I'm sorry. Earlier, I said Arizona over Tennessee. That's obviously me not being able to write, or not write, but read my own, my own information without my glasses on. That's going to be Atlanta over Tennessee. And for why I said all of the right reasons on why I think Tennessee was going to lose anyway, guess what? You're going to do it even worse when you go up against Matty Ice and Julio Jones and Roddy, Roddy White. <laughs> and that running back that they have in their free man. Like, um, times like this, I wish I didn't drop Matt Ryan and pick up Andy Dalton, but I think Atlanta's going to have a hell of a game. They, they are going to completely crush these boys. If they were the Patriots, they would have 70-something points this game. And last but not least, I don't know what's going on with, with Baltimore, but Baltimore is struggling to a point that I've never seen them. And this may be now because it's one more year removed from the Ed Reed and the, the Ray Lewis era. But these guys are in the locker room, able to contribute, able to get into voices, able to get into people's minds, able to motivate them, able to put them in place. Just being able to help their team be able. They don't have that luxury anymore. And Arizona, even though they lose their defensive coordinator top bowls, they are finding ways to continuously win. And as long as they keep finding these ways to win, you can't... <sighs> Listen, Larry Fitzgerald has has made a, res a resurgence. You got people like Malcolm Floyd that is... Putting up just as great of a numbers. And then you're talking about Honey Badger. And we're talking about Patrick Peterson. And whoever else that they have on a defensive line and linebackers. So, I see them going through Baltimore because Baltimore is no longer what Arizona is. This may even be a massacre. I'm talking about... 50 points combined for the total game with like 37-13 Arizona. And you know what I'm going to give you? I am still going to give you this Richard Cranium Award because you know what? This, my Richard Cranion Award has to go to still, outside of Johnny Manziel, you get a twofer. And you're going to get the Major League Baseball umpires. Because out of all of the sports that we watch, 
these guys have have to be the most sloppish, fat, sloppy, out of shape referees, officials that we have across any of them. And they listen man. Basketball got a seventy year old got a seventy plus year old dude as a referee that can still beat half of you guys that will listen to this in a foot race. I'm just saying. It's, the football has women as referees that are tougher than some of these umpires in baseball. I mean, it's what it is. Like this is how you just know that baseball's Union is just is just immaculate. Ten year contracts, two hundred something million dollars. Referees that are allowed to engage the players have nothing done to them. Be out of shape, be fat, be sassy, be sloppy, be sluggish, be blah. You know, you look like if you get excited and you run to see one good play, then that'll be the last play that you watch. Just running down the side. <laughs> And next thing you know, we they put in drapes over your face. I have a Ukrainian award, yeah. I have a two for like I said. One's gonna go to Major League Baseball for their continuous use of these old, out of shape, out of context, irrelevant, the sluggish, fat, fuddy duddies. Another one goes to Johnny Manziel. Because for a guy that keeps getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, he just keeps blowing it. And every time he blows it is with alcohol and some kind of violence. It makes me wonder if he's it's the only thing that he is blowing. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. That is my time. Don't forget, check me out. Facebook, Mighty Sports, SoundCloud, Mighty Sports Minute, and Twitter, Mighty Sports. Guys, enjoy. Party hard. Get reckless. Wild out.